The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Lloyd, today our show is about the International Privacy Summit that we have been going to for years, and this has just grown, and it's really an exciting event, so I am so thrilled to invite back Trevor Hughes, who is the president and CEO of the International Association of Privacy Professionals. And he is not only a wonderful man, gorgeous, but he is so smart and he knows privacy. So let me tell you, if you haven't heard him before, I want to tell you a little bit about his background because it is great. Trevor Hughes is the president and CEO of the International Association of Privacy Professionals, which we call IAPP. In his role, uh, Trevor leads the world's largest association of privacy professionals, and he is a native Canadian and you'll hear when he goes about he says this funny way of saying about but he is just incredible he he's an experienced attorney attorney in privacy technology and marketing law and he's provided testimony before the United States Congress Commerce Committee the Senate Commerce Committee, the Federal Trade Commission, the Home Affairs Committee of the British Parliament and the European Union Parliament on issues of privacy, surveillance, spam, and privacy-sensitive technologies. And Trevor previously served as the Executive Director of the Network Advertising Initiative, which is a leading online privacy trade association and the Email Sender and Provider Coalition, which is a trade association working on email policy and practices. And he's also an adjunct professor of law at the University of Maine and in the School of Law. And he is coming to us from the East Coast. So thanks so much for joining us, Trevor. Hi, Mari. Good to be back. Well, we always have a lot to talk about with this wonderful, uh, beautiful commerce uh, I'm sorry, not Beautiful Commerce, Beautiful Privacy Summit that's going to be March 6th through 8th in Washington, D.C. Oh, my goodness, it is incredible. Boy, how long has that been going on? How many so years? This is the 13th year. Uh, the IAPP has been running the IAPP Global Privacy Summit for 13 years, and uh, uh, it just keeps getting bigger and better every year. I remember I went to that first one many years back in D.C., and, you know, there, it wasn't anywhere near what, what the people that are coming now internationally. It's incredible. So why don't we talk about, t- 
tell us a little bit about the conference and um, maybe the keynote speakers to start. Sure. So uh, the IAPP Global Privacy Summit is the world's largest privacy conference. We're expecting somewhere close to 2,500 attendees. We'll probably come from over 20, maybe even over 30 countries around the world. And uh, it really is a global privacy summit. We have over 70 sessions, over 150 speakers, um, a full exhibit hall, lots of networking opportunities, um, and some really great keynotes. The keynotes are always um, they're sort of keynote opportunities. They're big and bright, shiny things, and we have some great ones for uh, this upcoming summit. Um, on the first day, the first full day of the conference, the Thursday, we have Cass Sunstein. Uh, Cass Sunstein is uh, well-known for many reasons. He is the author of a book called Nudge, uh, which talks about uh, behavioral economics and something he calls decisional architecture. And for privacy professionals, for anyone interested in the issue of privacy, this idea of decisional architecture is really fascinating. Um, it, it suggests that the, the user interface, the design choices you make when you present choices to consumers, have a tremendous influence on the choices that consumers make. Mm. Um, and so where you put opt-in and opt-out buttons, what color you put them in, uh, the size of the font, the positioning of, of, of options with regards to the text that describes them, all of those things can have an effect on whether people say yes or no or continue through um, a, a particular decision. So Cass Sunstein is just a brilliant thinker on this. He's a professor at Harvard University now, um, and he is most recently uh, coming out of the Obama administration. He was a senior advisor to President Obama. In fact, my understanding is um, uh, Cass Sunstein and President Obama were uh, fellow professors at the University of Chicago Law School um, in years past, and that's how they got to know each other, and that's what resulted in, in Professor Sunstein being pulled into the Obama administration. So a very senior former Obama uh, administration official coming in and talking to us about something very significant to the field of privacy, and that is this, this issue of decisional architecture and behavioral economics around how consumers make decisions. Yeah, it's I'm like really it's like excited. behavioral and psychological, like how we make these decisions. is It's, it's a little bit scary, too. And, you know, I, I always love the keynotes because you have these kind of avant-garde keynotes that kind of make us think outside the box. And I love that. I love yeah, that. I, I think that's really one of the goals that we have when we select keynotes is that we're trying to find people who are not necessarily talking specifically about privacy, but very specifically addressing something that, that forces privacy professionals to, to think beyond the day-to-day the -day compliance or legal guidance or privacy impact assessments that they have to be paying attention to. And I think this idea of decisional architecture, this idea of behavioral economics and how consumers make decisions is actually very important for privacy professionals to understand. Yeah, I saw that he's also the author of Going to Extremes, How Like Minds Unite and Divide. I thought that was, that sounds like a great book that I want to get to. Sounds very intriguing. Very, uh, I think it's going to be a great keynote. Who are the other two? So uh, the other two are actually co-authors of the book, and, and one of them is uh, someone who has spoken uh, before, Victor Meyer Schoenberger. 
is a professor at Oxford University, and um, he, he previously has written a book called Delete and did a really wonderful keynote, I guess, four years ago. For I remember, now, yeah. Um, on this idea of delete, where he was challenging us to think about the value of forgetting and specifically think about the value of forgetting with regards to today's information economy. In a world that remembers everything, um, shouldn't we be remembering the value of letting go? Uh, it allows us to forgive, it allows us to move on, it allows us to rebuild our lives after past transgressions and mistakes. And uh, so Victor Meyer Schoenberger is a, is a very compelling thinker. He has co-written a book with the data editor from The Economist, Ken Kukier. And the two of them have written a book on big data where they are asking, I think, some provocative questions about this, this new era of big data. Certainly some of the themes from Victor's prior book are going to emerge as well, um, but I think we're going to see um, uh, some other questions that, that may make us feel a little bit uncomfortable uh, with the warm embrace that has been given to big data. I want to make clear that the IAPP doesn't take a position on these things, but we really like putting up provocative thinking. And, and if people in the audience disagree, we actually think that we've done our job pretty well. And I don't think everyone in the audience is going to agree with everything that they, they hear from Ken Kukie or Victor Meyer Schoenberger. But when we get into those networking times, we can talk about it, and then we can have great conversations. It, exactly. <laughs> and, and if a fistfight breaks out, we actually think that's success, too. So, um, so yes, we have lots of great networking opportunities. And and, uh, and that's always a, a great asset of, of the Global Privacy Summit. And let's talk a little bit about to, how to become a certified information privacy professional. I remember I took my training and, and took the class in Toronto in your home country, and yep. that was fun. And it was, it was a pretty hard test, especially the security part. I mean, I felt like I was almost taking the bar exam again. But uh, let's talk a little bit about what it is to become a certified privacy professional, because that's becoming a big career now. Uh, it, it is, um, or, or, or perhaps more accurately, uh, CIPP, the Certified Information Privacy Professional, is becoming a, a strong indicator of your ability to serve in a privacy role, and privacy roles are certainly becoming a big, a, a big career now. Right. So, the, so the CIPP, the Certified Information Privacy Professional, is the only global certification related to the field of information privacy. We have had it um, in the marketplace since 2004. It has a few different flavors. Um, we have a U.S. version, a Canadian version, a European version. We also have a U.S. public sector, a government version, because that body of law is pretty significantly different than the private sector body of law in the U.S. And we also have an IT version, because uh, the IT profession um, uh, sort of has its own set of laws, and that is the, the code of technology. And, and it is information technology, after all. So um, IT professionals are a bit distinct and, and live within our family of CIPP designations as well. Um, but individuals can absolutely study, uh, train for, for our CIPP exam, and uh, they can absolutely take the exams at our events, but we also have the ability for them to take them at, at computer-based testing centers around the world now. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I guess I kind of like going to Toronto and taking it. It was and taking the uh, the training was great too from friends of mine that were teaching the class. So I thought that was wonderful. So how can they learn about that? 
Sure. So the the best place to learn about all of this is on the IAPP website, which is privacyassociation.org, privacyassociation.org. And uh, all of the information related to our certification programs is up there on the website. Um, uh, they can also call if they have questions after that. Um, they can certainly uh, um, join the IAPP and participate in some of our local networking meetings and talk to people who have taken the exam before. It's always a great way to sort of get into the organization and understand exactly what it is and what we do and, and how certification can benefit you. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, attending our conferences is, is a great way to uh, sort of get all of that done in, in one fell swoop. You can, you can train, you can attend a conference, and you can write the exam all at the same time with, uh, with, with a glass of wine or two thrown in the middle at some of our receptions. So. After, after you take the test. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you know, we're sitting here on the campus of the University of California, Irvine, and we have a law school here, and we have, you know, graduate school, business graduate school. So I think it's important for people on our campus to know that, number one, you don't have to be a lawyer like, like Trevor and I. There's many privacy professionals who are not lawyers, right? That is absolutely correct. Only about half of our members are lawyers. And so that they can do that. And, you know, if they're thinking that this is a field that they might be interested in, I think this is one of the most growing fields in terms of a career because of all the issues of privacy and technology and security that are coming up. So this is a, a great thing for them to think about, right? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Mari. I, I spend a lot of my time now talking to students, um, uh, talking to students at law schools. I teach at, at uh, the University of Maine School of Law. University of Maine School of Law is actually building out a pretty robust data privacy uh, specialization within the law school. And without question, the field of privacy is growing. There are more jobs available. And even for um, uh, people who don't necessarily want to become a privacy professional, uh, I, I, am, I am coming to the conclusion that understanding privacy is going to become a requisite field of knowledge for anyone working in the information economy. Let me state that a little bit differently. If you're going to work in the information economy and handle data in any significant way, it's going to be really important for you to understand how not to be stupid with that data. Yeah, and, right. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's where privacy comes into play. So whether or not you actually want to work in the field of privacy, uh, do privacy impact assessments and data flow audits and compliance reviews and the work of the privacy professional, whether that is your, your career goal or not, um, if you want to be an IT professional, an HR professional, a financial services professional, a marketing professional, increasingly you're going to have to know enough about privacy so that you make good decisions and, and do not increase or create risk for your organization. And for students graduating today, for young professionals trying to differentiate their resume, how powerful is that to have a certification or specific privacy knowledge on your resume so that you can stand out from that stack of resumes um, as, as someone who has a skill set that isn't necessarily um, uh, inundated in the marketplace yet. Yeah, and even general counsel needs to have yep, it, you know? Absolutely. And, and I do a lot of training for, for, for MCLE, for attorneys, and they don't know about privacy, even protecting their own offices, that, you know, it would expose them to liability and, and CEOs of companies and 
you know, I mean, you don't have to be a privacy professional. It's just like if you're a lawyer, you don't have to practice law, but it sure helps you. So I think that's kind of what you're saying is just having that designation is really value added to whatever you want to do in the business world. Yep. Yeah, that is exactly correct. Yeah. So what about, um, you know, how, how about the breakout sessions? You know, we, we I want to go back to this because it's such a, I'm looking at the, wonderful brochure and I'm going and Lloyd's going and we're going to do some privacy interviews there because there are incredible people that I've met and known over the years from large companies that are going to be there. So why don't you tell a little bit about some of the interesting breakout sessions? Sure. Well, uh, let me start with some of the pre-conference workshops. So the structure of our conference is uh, Wednesday, March 6th is a full day of pre-conference workshops. These are longer sessions, at least half a day, um, and at least one of them is a full day, of um, a really in-depth examination of a particular topic. And whether you are brand new to the field of privacy or have been around for 10 years in the field of privacy, um, I think you're going to find something compelling there. Uh, if you're brand new, a great place to start is the, um, the privacy boot camp that we have been offering for 13 years. And actually, myself and Kirk Nara, a noted privacy attorney in our mm. field, he and I have been doing that and have, have presented that, that one half-day workshop um, to uh, it's certainly over a couple, maybe even over 3,000 people over the course of the last um, um, 12 or 13 years. So if you're brand new, um, absolutely jump into the privacy boot camp. It is a boot camp experience to get you up to speed quickly on some of the major fundamental issues in the field of privacy. Uh, we also have some amazing deep content in our pre-conferences, though, uh, stuff on privacy engineering, sessions on data breach, sessions on the European Union and what's happening with the proposed regulation in Europe. Um, uh, people who are struggling with uh, privacy issues are going to find great answers in these pre-conference workshops. And then for the two full days of the conference, we have, I believe, 10 rooms active um, with tracks running in each room, with sessions running in each room uh, for seven or eight different tracks throughout the conference, which means 70 to 80 individual sessions throughout the two days of the conference. So there's a lot to choose from. In fact, one of the criticisms we get, which we think is more of a compliment than a criticism, is that there was too much, that people couldn't get to all the sessions that they wanted to because there just was, were not enough, uh, uh, not enough times for them to get to them so that they had to make tough choices between two or three sessions that they desperately wanted to sit in, uh, which were offered at the same time. Um, we, we see that as a feature, not a flaw, and offering too much good content is, is a good thing. Uh, we've got um, a number of broad themes. Our Education Advisory Board has worked very hard to pull together um, some really specific content within those themes. So whether you are a public sector or private sector professional, whether you are working in marketing or high-tech or financial services or healthcare pharma, whether you're an info security professional or an IT professional, you're going to find a, an entire conference worth of content um, specifically uh, designed for you uh, within the summit. So uh, there really is an enormous amount of content, a great richness of stuff to, uh, to dive into. 
Really? And then you even have on marketing online and social media, which is which is huge and information security. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I want to go to all these things. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. And, and the people who are there, like Ann Kavukian is one of the visionary voices. And Peter, I'm looking at the uh, the, the summit, some of the people who are going to be speaking. And there are people from Microsoft, people from major companies who are delving into all these huge issues. It's, uh, it's, and from the Federal Trade Commission and yep. from different law firms. It's just, um, just so, really top people. Uh, you know, people. I think pretty specifically, if you're a U.S. company, we have, I think, three FTC commissioners um, who are on our agenda and many, many uh, FTC staffers. So if you care about the FTC, and, and most private sector companies in the U.S. do, um, uh, the, the, the Global Privacy Summit is a great place to be. If you are a healthcare company and you're struggling with the new HIPAA regs, which were just issued a couple weeks ago, um, we are going to have a full-day session. We're calling it a super day on the Wednesday um, with uh, a, a couple dozen speakers and Sue McAndrews from, from uh, HHS, uh, the, the top enforcement agent for HIPAA, talking about exactly what they expect under these new regs. That is an unprecedented opportunity if you care about health care. Um, one of the things I'm really excited about that I'd love to share with you is our Conversations in Privacy series. Yeah, this, I saw that on there. This is a, um, this is a track where um, we use the stage from the plenary hall, but we shorten the room a bit. And instead of having presentations, instead of having panels, we have conversations. And so we, um, we, we pull a senior leader from the field of privacy, uh, people like Jules Polinetsky, Chris Wolf, Stu Ingus, people who are real luminaries in our field, very sophisticated and, and, and experienced privacy professionals. And we pair them with people who have things to say that privacy professionals desperately want to hear about. So in our Conversations in Privacy series, we're going to have people like Aaron Egan, the chief privacy officer from Facebook, talking about exactly what Facebook is doing these days and how she's managing privacy within that incredibly robust and dynamic environment. We're going to have people like Julie Brill from the Federal Trade Commission, one of the most outspoken voices uh, on privacy within the Federal Trade Commission, within the global community of regulators, for sure. Uh, we're going to have people like Peter Cullen, the chief privacy strategist from Microsoft. Uh, we're going to have Edith Ramirez uh, from the Federal Trade Commission, another commissioner with a strong privacy portfolio. And um, uh, although he's no longer in the White House, um, the architect really of the Privacy Bill of Rights, Danny Weitzner, uh, who is now back at MIT as a professor and with the World Wide Web Consortium, uh, Danny is going to be sitting down to have a chat about the things that he's seeing and, and what's happening in his world. That kind of opportunity is really phenomenal. It is uh, less formal, it is more engaged, and it offers our attendees a, a really compelling chance to ask questions of some of these folks that are really, really tough to get a hold of otherwise. Yeah, it sounds great. Let's talk a little bit now that we've talked about the summit, and I'm all excited to go, and I'm definitely going to go to those conversations. Let's talk a little bit, though. We have a lot of people driving by that are business people, you know, small, medium, large businesses, but especially medium and small business. So what can tell us a little bit about what are some of the ways a small company can really minimize risk of privacy violations and data breaches? 
Yeah. I, I, so let me start by saying there is no silver bullet for anyone. Whether you are the largest multinational or a small local bakery with uh, a, 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 a clipboard at the front cash register and, and a, a note to leave your email address to be added to your, your, your bakery newsletter, it's not easy, no matter who you are, no matter where you are. Um, privacy issues exist for that bakery just like they do for the multinational. Um, and the first thing for small and medium business, I think, is to get help. Um, there are privacy professionals, there are lawyers, there are consultants with small boutique practices um, that in, in a relatively short or, or amount of time can provide an assessment of some of the major risks. You don't have to be perfect on every single thing. But what you want to do is you want to make sure that you're paying attention to the major risks presented to your business by privacy. So if you are that bakery, if you are that small business, making sure that things like your PCI compliance is up to date, your payment card industry compliance, and that you're handling credit cards appropriately, that's going to be important. If you do have that clipboard up by the front cash register and you're collecting email addresses for a newsletter, making sure that you are within the realm of compliance of the Can Spam Act. It's not rocket science, but it is good risk mitigation. There are some things that small and medium-sized businesses can do, but the owner of that business, the president of a, a small company, they're not going to have the wherewithal to get up to speed to answer those questions themselves. So my first piece of advice is to get help. Um, uh, find a privacy professional. Um, Find a lawyer locally. Ask your own lawyer if, if they do this work and, or can refer you to someone. Um, but first and foremost, get help. The second thing that I think is really important is get trained. And I think that's part of the help, and part of the risk mitigation here. You don't want to have a situation where an employee makes an innocent decision that creates enormous risk for you as an organization. And so having at least a rudimentary level of privacy training and awareness within your organization, perhaps more privacy training for those employees who touch more data or touch more data in sensitive ways, um, and for all employees at least some level of sophistication around the idea that, that people's data is valuable and people care about it, and if you mishandle it, uh, you can create risk and, and unhappy customers very, very quickly. So I think those two things, one, get help, and two, get trained, um, uh, are, the, are, the, are the easiest and first starting points for any small or medium business that has never tackled privacy before but is thinking about picking it up because they're starting to recognize those risks. Well, we are just about out of time, and I just I we just wanted to know if you could just give us one thought about what an organization can do to better communicate how the personal information that, that they collected is used and, and put them at ease, because customers worry about that. Wow. Well, you, you, you've asked me the question that takes many hours <laughs> to answer. Um, let me answer it this way, and that is that I don't think there is a single answer. I think that we are continually struggling to find the answer. And as technology pushes forward, as business practices push forward, we, we absolutely accelerate past our existing laws and regulations and, and societal solutions. 
And so privacy professionals live in that unstable, dynamic world. Um, and so if there is one thing to do, it's get someone who knows how to assess those risks, knows how to assess those issues for you. I, I don't think there's a silver bullet in how you communicate your data practices to consumers, but I do know that privacy professionals can help you solve those problems, and that's perhaps the most important thing for companies to do. Yeah, and, and to respect your customers and clients. I think that you, I've heard you say that many, many times, is just yep. how would you want to be treated? How would you want your data to be treated and just be respectful? We are out of time. I want you to give the website so people sure. can see more about the conference, and we just so appreciate you, Trevor. Well, I am I'm happy to do this uh, yet again this year. The website is privacyassociation.org, privacyassociation.org. And uh, we are the IAPP, the International Association of Privacy Professionals. Trevor Hughes, you are wonderful. I will see you in March. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Mari. See you soon. See you soon. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank host of Privacy Piracy. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website at KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy where you can see our upcoming guests, download podcasts, and write us emails about what you want to learn about on privacy and the information age. Thank you. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.